Cambridge Live and Twitter, Katie. Okay. There we go, we're live. And we are live. The MMA UK Late Show. With me, Katie Hunter. My fabulous co-host, Peter Knox. <laughs> and this week we're joined by a special guest, Danny Postill. Danny, thanks so much for joining us. No problem. It's an absolute pleasure. I'm a huge fan of MMA, so I've been looking forward to this. We're looking forward to I don't to know why, because we don't know shit about MMA. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, why don't you kick off by telling everyone about our fabulous sponsor? Yeah, MMA UK Late Show is sponsored by Fight Fuel. Fight Fuel is a supplement and clothing company founded by martial artists, but martial art is an all-combat sport athlete. The aim of the company is to supply supplements and clothing of the highest standard to all fighters and warriors so they can train, perform and win. So in other words, if you want to fight like Justin Gaethje, Conor McGregor, start taking this shit and kick some fucking ass. And I can finally announce that Fight Fuel want to do a big giveaway starting on the MMA UK Network tomorrow. So they're going to give away a £100 voucher to spend anything on the site. You can buy stuff like this, the protein, wow. the shakers, the creatine. And stuff like that. It's loads of stuff to choose from, but with the MMA U 15% discount code, which is MMA UK 15, it's basically £115 to spend on what you want. And it's going to be so bloody easy. All you need to do is like and sh like the uh, Fight Fuel page. It'll be on the MMA UK page tomorrow night, and it's just simple as that. And somebody's going to win lots of goodies. Awesome. Looking forward to that. I'm I'm going to have to get some of that, mate, because uh, I might actually defeat me grappling for me tomorrow if I take some. <laughs> <laughs> so, Danny, great to have you on the show. Um, I, I'm so excited to hear some of the MMA voices you can do, but obviously there's a load of inspiration at the moment. So many people are on the news every single day. I'm sure you've got some new ones that must be kicking about since we've last seen you. Oh, well, obviously, I mean, obviously from Britain's Got Talent, you know, when I was doing my McIntyres and everyone. And Michael was... I oh, love that one. Your Michael McIntyre was, was your favourite one, obviously. And <laughs> what I love about Michael is he was so joyous. He could give you the worst news ever. And it would just sound okay because it's from Michael. Because he comes across as the funniest man, <laughs> the nicest man ever. It's a nightmare. Um, but then since then, obviously... Um, you know, I've gotten into doing political people because obviously, you know, we've got Donald Trump, who is probably the most entertaining president America has ever had. And what I love about Donald is the fact that he's a huge fan of MMA. He's very good friends with Dana White, you know. And what I also love is you can tell that he is a huge sports fan because you can see when he's talking that he looks like he's really trying to squeeze a ball, really trying to squeeze a ball. <laughs> it goes from a beach ball and then it goes to a medicine ball and you can tell that it's a medicine ball because he's trying his best to squeeze the medicine ball as hard as he can. And you can see by his face that he's really straining to squeeze the ball as he's trying to tell everybody in the press conference, you know. And uh, what I also love if you do that, or he looks like he is constantly straining for a poo. <laughs> I like the movement that he does. The sorry? Can I just say you've got the same hair as Donald Trump? At the same hair. This is probably his hair. Funnily enough, I do. I've got two wigs. They're up there, actually. They're stored away because I do personalised videos for people. And I do a Boris and I do a Trump. Because obviously Boris Johnson, if you spin 
uh, Donald Trump's hair out, you will eventually turn into Boris. And obviously Boris is somebody who has his arms independent of him. And he basically looks like the shittiest starts player that I have ever seen in, in, in my entire life, you know. So obviously I do, I do personal videos as them too. And, and I never really wanted to get into doing political people because I just thought it's not fun. When you talk about politics, because all you see is two people having a massive argument in a pub, you know, over who votes for who. And I'm just like, oh, for God's sake. But the characters that have come out, I've just like they've come at me like a steam train. And I just thought, well, I can't not do them. And uh, and obviously one of my favourite people I do at the moment that people love. No, she's my favourite. <laughs> Diane Abbott. Because what I love about Diane Abbott is the fact that she constantly looks like she's looking into the air to find an answer that she will never get when she's trying to answer questions. And it is unbelievably embarrassing. Uh, but people love it when I do Diane uh, on Twitter. It's got to the point like where I'm trying to do other voices. I'm trying to learn, you know, new voices and people are just not interested. They just want to hear me do Diane Abbott all the time, you know, because... Um, I just, that's I, my husband. We we love doing impressions of her at home, bad ones, and that's my favourite that I've seen you really? do. Okay, well, should we all have a go at doing Diana? But then, why, why don't why don't so we'll start? Why don't we we'll do a few, right? We'll do. Obviously, I've done Trump, I've done Boris, and I've done Diane. So there's only three, and then we can maybe move on to some MMA people, right? So we'll start Lovely. with. We'll start with Trump. I'll do a simple statement for you. <laughs> You're shaking your head, not seeing <laughs> Diana, but who's she? She's a Labour woman. Yeah. Oh, you don't Labour know what's doing that Is she the female version of Boris? They only know Nicholas Sturgeon. Yeah, up here. You know what? Nicholas Sturgeon, right, could be an MMA fighter. What I love about Nicholas Sturgeon today is the fact that she looks like she is comfortable with a head or something. And if Nicholas Sturgeon would be a SC champion. <laughs> yeah. Put Nicholas Sturgeon in the early UFCs. You know when Mark Coleman was doing them from the Mount <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> Nicholas Sturgeon doesn't stand if he'd smash it, you know. <laughs> so we'll start with we'll start with Trump then. Yeah. So I'll give you a simple statement that says Trump, and then we've all got to do it right. Are you ready? Do you know we need to build a wall? That's a simple thing to say as Donald Trump, right? Or shall I make it shorter to make it easier for you? I know I've we'll actually do. got a Donald Trump statement about a wall as well. So. Have you? Have you? Brilliant, yeah, right? Yeah. So, um, right, well, well, let's see what then. So, uh, do you want to go first, Katie? Me? Okay. Oh, He's keen as mustard, isn't he? He wants to get oh, in there. This, this, this is, is a Peter Knox show. <laughs> we should rename this the Peter Knox show. Frankie, I'm so sorry, I forgot. I know he did With us, and <laughs> I didn't introduce me. Forgot I thought you were in the background. Yeah. Nah, I'm. I'm Everybody, involved, Frankie Anderson's in the house. <laughs> Thanks, Katie. <laughs> seven minutes too late. But to be <laughs> honest, Frankie, at the beginning of the show, and when I'm chatting to people, I just don't think anything of it. Once you cut once your lives, so I just, you know what I mean. You just chat. Yeah, you, yeah. you know. Aye. No, I'm not doing any impressions. I'm too busy controlling this, so. All right, okay. And I'm going to pop up sure? any. That's fine. Uh, and uh, a wee quick, Mason said he loves you already, Danny. Oh, that's lovely. Thank you, Mason. Lovely to uh, receive lovely compliments from you, pal. Uh, also, before I kick on, can I just give a shout out to um, 
closed combat arena gym in Hartlepool uh, and John Dawson's gym because obviously they're having a hard time at the minute because of the, the lockdown and everything, so nobody can train there. But John just works so hard to keep the gym going and he's just an amazing person. And he's trained me when I was a kid and there was times where I didn't have any money and he used to let me train for nothing. So the man's a legend. So I just give like John Dawson a good shout out. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. big shout so out. Go Keep up, John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's get on with the Trump. Right. Top Trumps. Who's first in Oxy? Come on. Me? Right, okay. So, right, <laughs> I'll... right. we were meant to be doing MMA impressions, right? So I'm just going to let everybody know that Danny sent me and Katie a voice message saying, look, you need to be able to do a Donald Trump one. But, so. The only thing I, only thing I could think of. Why do people? We've had practice at being this bad. <laughs> I've no had practice. I just came up with one thing and that was it. And I thought, right, we'll do it. So, Come on, let's find it. There you go, mate, Peter. Right, here we go. Right, so. I'm going to build a wall. <laughs> a wall so big. <laughs> a wall so big, the Mexicans won't get in. But on the other side, the Americans can get ball out and play Wally. Be the biggest game of Wally in the world. So big. <laughs> <laughs> so big, they have been against Book of World Records, and that's why I will make America great again. That's all I could think of. Do you know I got to say that as another person, by the way, Noxie, really fantastic. You know, Wally was always my favorite game when I was a child. You know, we used to play it in New York. It was so great. We love a game of Wally. Let's make Wally great again. Well done, Noxie, fantastic. We're going to move over now to Katie. Let's hear your Donald. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to build a wall, and it's going to be huge. <laughs> that was it. Me. Did you know what I loved about that? Is the fact that you emphasized the wall, which is very important. Obviously, Noxie done material on the wall, which I thought was really clever and very comedic. However, what I loved what you did is the fact that you said huge, and I say huge quite a lot, so very well done for picking that up. That was so, so fantastic. Right, now, now before we move on, I want you both to say China. Oh, China. <laughs> China. China. <laughs> there we go. Right, I'll tell you what, should we move on to MMA ones, right? Who can we do? Start with Connor. I mean, the, the most famous voice of MMA, I suppose. Because what I love about Conor McGregor, you know, he's the man who, who you get, you, you get the Conor who is the very, uh, you know, the man in the press conference who was talking about his fight and, and what he is going to do with his fight and, 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 you know, he is going to, he's got a strategy and he's going to use his timing and precision to win the fight. And then you get the happy Conor, yeah, the happy Conor who sat there celebrating after the win, drinking his proper 12 whiskey, yeah, shut your fucking mouth. Um, so... What we'll do, right, is we'll we'll pick a catchphrase that Conor McGregor says, right? Oh God, I haven't picked Conor. We, we'll do your uh, proper twelve whiskey, my proper twelve whiskey. That's probably the the, the easiest one to do, I think, if you're going to do Conor McGregor. Uh, so yeah, right, come on then, Noxy, let's see yours. Proper uh, twelve whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I loved about that? Is it was, right, mate, you're going to say it's fucking whiskey, right? It's got to be Scottish whiskey. No one <laughs> that was really Scottish, Peter. Fucking Irish whiskey. Go on, go on, Can you do it for me again first, Danny? Sorry. Honestly, I want you to do, Katie, is, uh, is I, want, I want to repeat you what, I, what I'm going to say, which is uh, proper 12 whiskey. 
Proper 12 whiskey. Yes, that's very good. <laughs> I love that. And of course, nice one. Uh, who else? But the thing is, as well, there's because it's very rare that I do MMA impressions because I haven't really got an audience for it. But um, <laughs> a lot of people say that I look like Dana White. So I just thought, well, you I know. I wasn't sure if that was a compliment or not. So I haven't said it, but I was thinking it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I would like to think that it's Dana White who's been to Slimming World. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, but but you know what I find about Dana is uh is the fact that you know he cannot go twenty seconds without saying the word Connor. You know, uh, Connor is drummed into uh into Dana's Dana's mind, and he cannot stop saying the word Connor. So uh, yeah, if you're gonna do Dana, your mouth even goes the same shape as him. Sorry. Your mouth even goes the same shape as him. Uh, you know, you know that—that's th exactly what it is. You know, uh, <laughs> when you do Dana, he does this thing where his mouth goes wider when he's trying to think of something to say when he's getting interviewed, and he's getting like really thinking, "What fuck?" You know, is somebody gonna try and screw me over here? You know, like when I got pissed off with Ariel Hawani and I sacked him. You know, because I just <laughs> lost my fucking shit. You know. Uh, <laughs> But um, who else is uh, MMA people? It's funny because we were talking about Khabib as well. And Khabib is one of my favourite fighters ever. The beauty of what Khabib does, right, is, I mean, you know yourself, if you train with wrestlers, right, it gets to the end of the lesson and you grapple them with them. And you're just like, oh, mate, well, you'll just fuck off because their cardio is just so incredible. Yeah. You're like, oh, listen, I'm trying to last the session here and I'm just sick of fucking double underhooking you. And it not succeeding because you just keep driving and driving and driving me into the wall and taking me down, you know. And that's just what Khabib does. Um, but when you listen to him talk, he is very much, you know, I, I am Khabib. I will fight anybody. I do not care who I fight. I'm very much, you know, anybody can. I do not do any talking in the press conference, Connor. I will let you get drunk and drink your whiskey or whatever you are trying to sell. But I just want to go in and fight. And I do not give a fuck. And if, if you do not want to come, I will just go and fight a bear like I did when I was eight years of age. Did you see that video, by the way? Khabib, when he wrestled that bear. I was yeah. just like, <sighs> incredible, you know? But uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely crazy. So, okay, so I, I don't think I can do Dana for sure. Khabib, I've just got location. <laughs> oh, you see, you see, you know, and it's something that I missed. I missed that. Send the location. That's it. Oh my god, that's brilliant. Let's see your send location, Noxy. Me, all right, okay. Hey, no, hang on, hang on. Ireland, technology. Russia, 150 million. I want to fight your chicken. This is number one fight. And you're checking number one bullshit. That <laughs> 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 yeah. was actually better material than I had. So fair for you. You can have it. In the voice, I didn't have any material for it. So thank you actually, you know, wrote the stuff. So that, that was awesome. Um, so what have we got, MMA people? We got... Um, I loved um, your Darren Teal. Um, you, do you know what I love about um, Darren Till? Sometimes I do him and um, I just turn into a general scouter. But um, 
what I find is uh, with Darren Till is like he is the most confident lad ever. But he also looks like someone you can sit and have a pint with, have a right good yeah. session with him. Do you know what I mean? But at the same time, he's just game as fuck. That's what he is, Darren Till, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? He's just got the confidence of the lad. I remember when he first came out and I was like, he's going to be the, uh, the, the, the Liverpool's answer to Conor McGregor. And uh, oh. I just loved him. I, just, I, I, I will always love Darren Till. I just think he's great, you know. And because I don't think it's cockiness with him. I just think it's confidence. And I love yeah. that, you know. So, uh, right, so we're all going to do Darren Till. Is that is that what you were... Uh, is that what the deal was, Katie? We all do Darren Till? Well, I have practised that one. It's still yeah, I, hope <laughs> I hope not. hope <laughs> not. Right, okay then, okay. Yeah, Nikki, I'll put your full screen for us. Uh, full screen. I don't give a fuck, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. You got the bit. What's what's uh, from Liverpool do? So that was brilliant. Um, it's funny because I was just because because I needed to recap how Khabib actually sounded um, before I come on here, and I was watching uh, the, the guy who interviewed him was from Liverpool, funnily enough, and it was just so funny watching a scouser interviewing Khabib, and I just thought the poor girl Khabib must be sat there going. I do not understand whether this is English or not. Please, I am trying to, am trying to get it right. But, you know, please, you send me a man who is not, who is saying <laughs> when he talks. I do not, I, I am very difficult to do this. No. Here's a request for you, Danny. Come on, then. Uh, uh, best thing. Can we see a Michael Bisping impression? Michael Bisping. Um, what I find with Michael is he's not, he's not one of the best that I do, but he's from Clitheroe. And, um, you know, he just doesn't stop talking. He's so passionate, you know, when he's there and he's he's at the fights. And what I love about Michael is the fact that, you know, when he is commentating on fights, he knows exactly what to do. And that's why we need more fighters, um, you know, uh, there for, uh, you know, when the fights are on to commentate because they know exactly what's going on. And, um, you know, the passion with Michael is great as well. And because he's from Clitheroe, um, the way he says he's ours sometimes... Um, I find it like really weird because sometimes he says like an American thing, which could sound like guys, and then he says he's ours, like he's from Clitheroe. It's like it's really it confuses me sometimes. Michael Bisping's accent. So there we yeah. go. There was yeah, a, he's got that he's American. Really mixed. Yeah, he's yeah, American. Like he's lived in America. His wife's Australian. His yeah. dad is um, Cockney. His mum's Irish, I think. Yeah. Yeah, they are, and it's mad because I watched I watched the documentary on him. I thought he was brilliant in the Ultimate Fighter that series when he was with. Um, he had a bit of heat with Matt Hamill, didn't he? And yeah, Matt yeah. was just going for it in training, and and this <laughs> thing was just trying to, you know, say, "Look, mate, we're fucking training. Calm down, you dickhead." And he could, but the way I think someone from Clitheroe says "dickhead," it's not offensive. You know what I mean? But I think yeah, when yeah. you're doing this with bystander, it's just like. But Michael, I love Michael. I just think he's great. And and, and the fact that I'm trying to lip read that though. I know, I know, because obviously you know, and Matt Hamill's just done incredible, hasn't he? Because I, I've seen Matt Hamill fighting, and, he, and he's got to look over to his corner to you know for the signers to tell him what to do. So yeah. people have a slight advantage over him. But you know, ever since I saw Matt Hamill fight, he's just he's a freak of nature with regards to strength. You know, but then like I was talking about before, we're wrestlers, they're just you know, the cardio machines and they just 
the, 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 the drive just doesn't they're like a steam train coming at you they're just never gonna there's no stops on the steam train they just keep going and going and going and driving and that's probably why wrestlers have been so successful in mma you know yeah yeah and matt hamill beat john jones as well didn't he oh yeah yeah we all remember that fight i mean do you yeah, know what with john jones he um he, i mean john jones i think is he's just such an awkward fighter isn't he that no one's ever really come close to him um, I mean, I watched Ovenson Pro fight. Uh, he was fighting against. Um, oh, what's he? What's his name? Oh, he's the the one this week. Yeah, called, just this um, week and just gone. Oh my god! And he's yeah, an absolute he? isn't he? Oh, I couldn't count only watching the fight early on, and you forget the names because you watch so many fights. <laughs> but he's an absolute unit, this guy. And um, he uh, in Ovenson Prue, you know, he's on heavyweight now. He's fighting heavyweight, but I found him a bit slower than when he was light heavyweight. Because I mean, when he fought John Jones, him and um, the guy from Alexander Gustafsson, you know, when they were, they, they probably give John Jones the best fight. But apart from that, he's just so awkward. I mean, obviously, we all know John Jones was a was a fantastic Ben Rothwell. Yeah, thanks, Mason. Thanks, Mason. Big. And we should remember that from Bruce Buffer's announcements. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Big Ben Rothwell. You know. Do you know what I, I think? I could do a... Sorry, go on. No, I reckon I, I could do a John Jones impression. A jo oh, God. Go for it then, Pia. Oh, yeah. Christ. Go on then. Hey. Hey. hey, Pussy. You still there? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Picklegram. Uh, you know what? It's so sad what's happened to that man. But I, t I tell you why that's happened to him, mate. I think this is my opinion, is because I think the man's a genius. Because the same happened to Paul Gascoigne. The same happened to a lot of sports people. Maradona. Maradona. And a lot of these people who are geniuses at what they do. I mean, John Jones, I'd never seen a fighter fight like him. He was awkward. No one could do anything with them. And I mean, when he does them spinning elbows into a takedown, into something, and you're going, Fuck, hell, where did that come from? I mean, you know, this is not the standard jujitsu that you would be doing. It's not the standard kickboxer. It, it's it's like he sort of made his own moves up sometimes, you know. And um, I feel just... like people are getting closer to him at the moment. They are. Like are. He's had the Santos fight and the Reyes fight. I yeah. feel like he's getting closer. Yeah, but when I watched that one, was it the Wears one? That was very close. I mean, I'd hate to be the judges for that one. Um, but Santos hurt his leg, didn't he? I think he tore his ACL like in one of the early rounds of their fight, and he was having success up until then. So I'd, I would like to see that fight again as well. Yeah, I'd definitely love to see that fight again. But I mean, it's such a shame what happened in, in, in John's personal life. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the person who I thought had a really good fight with him as well was Daniel Cormier. Um, but Daniel yeah. Cormier just comes across as the most because he's a great color commentator as well, isn't he? Daniel Cormier. I just think he's mm. great. And what I love about Daniel Cormier is he's not the standard, you know, action man looking guy like Ken Shamrock. I mean, fuck, have you seen Ken Shamrock now? He's like 55 <laughs> and he's in better shape All than natural. <laughs> <laughs> he's in better shape than anyone's ever been in, you know. But <laughs> Daniel Cormier, and you go. 
It just looks like your dad would be at the sidelines of a football match, you know. But then you see the fight feel. Yeah, and you see just lift someone and slam them, and you go, "Oh, you know." There's a Mason with a comment. Do you think Jan Blahovic would beat Jones? I don't know. Like Jan, Jan Blahovic. Not that way, no. Like I know he's had some success recently, but I don't I don't know. Who's I'm who's actually would be some done? Jan Blahovic the Polish. He's a light heavyweight Polish. Who did they beat the last fight? When ask us, we don't know shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can't remember no. This is why we need Brian Lacey with us now. Do you know what I mean? He's an no, encyclopedia. No, 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 I mean, I think John Jones at the minute, well, I say at the minute, because obviously we don't know when he's going to be fighting next. Because um, he was talking about going up to heavyweight, wasn't he? Mm. He's been talking about that the last week or two, yeah. Yeah, and that would be really well, interesting. But I, I think the reason it's interesting is because when I when I watched um, some pro fight, uh, Ben Rothwell, it was like he's, he was a lot slower than he normally is uh, when he yeah. fights right heavyweight. But that's just, that's natural, that's genetics because of the fact that, you know... It, when you're lighter, you're obviously a lot quicker. Um, but um, it'll be very interesting to see John Jones because they're on about him fighting Francis Ngannou, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. What did you and, think of Ngannou's win? Oh, the man's a freak of nature with his fists, isn't he? I mean, how long, how long has the man been training for? It's not even that long. I think it's like five or six years. Yeah, that's uh, the thing. And you go and someone train five or six and just getting straight into it and just go just knocking people out left, right, and centre. It's mad because I think everyone has that friend down there who, you know, they go out on a Saturday night and they've got a mate who's got a, a knockout left hand, you know, <laughs> but they've just never done anything with it. He's like a mate of mine, he's got this left hand, and I've seen him with people. Not that I'm saying, you know, fight when you go out drinking, but this is what he <laughs> No, choke people because it doesn't leave yeah. bruises. Yeah, because you get away with it then and you're all right. Mm -hmm. And then when the way done what's going on, so then you know the can press charges. Um so <laughs> but my um, my mate, and I've seen it happen, I was there and I and I you know and he's dropped someone and I thought and I've said, Why don't you come to, to the MMA gym? You know, because if you've got a, a left hand like that, if you've got grappling, it's a bonus. You know, because even you fight a good grappler, you catch someone, luckily, you know, and you could catch a top guy. But Francis Ngannou seems to have that, um, you know, thing about him where he can just drop people with, you know. He's got no technique at all, though, has he? He was going in with his chin up in the air and he was just flailing in. Like, there were so many shots that didn't take, like, hit any part of him at all. Yeah. And then the one that landed wasn't even flush. It just clipped. Like, when you've got that kind of power, you can get away with a lot. But I also see so many holes in his game where it's possible you do. to beat him and if you I, can yeah. just avoid that power. But it's such a big if. Yeah, and when he fought um, Miocic, I think that's when people sort of saw the holes in his game. Because oh, Miocic obviously saw that. And, he, and, he, and I love the fact that he was using his takedowns. He was using... Things that you know, Ngannou is not as experienced at, 
Uh, not that Nassini's yeah. not very good at that, but not as experienced. And um, yeah, it was just, it was actually a beautiful performance to watch what Miocic did. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, in Ghanu, um, I think he could, you know, if Jones is not careful, he could easily catch Jones. Um, but I would love to see that fight. And I think every fan would love to see that fight. Yeah. I just think against the very elite, like the Miocic against DC, even against, yeah, and Mason's saying now, DC said he'd just taken Garni to the ground and keep him there. You still got to avoid the shots on the way in, but. Of course you have. But course those you have. three, I think, him, John Jones, and, and Stipe, I see them all being able to figure him out and take him down, whereas everyone else, I think, is just. Well, Cormier, I mean, the man's an NCAA. He's a legit, you know, shit-hot wrestler. And, and he's training with the best, and he knows that. I mean, there was a point where he was training with Cain Velasquez, and they were – I think I think Cormier went down to light everywhere because he, he probably didn't want to fight Cain, you know, because yeah. obviously they had both titles in the same gym, which was – it was AKA. Well, Cain was keeping – yeah, yeah AKA. Cain was the heavyweight champ. DC was – light heavyweight and then you had um Rockhold who was staying at middleweight yeah just so that Kane could be the heavyweight of the gym so yeah. it was a long time and then obviously those injuries they never came back from yeah I mean that was just a, a gym of champions wasn't it you know you'd think if I want to actually succeed at this it would literally I would just either go there or get personal tuition from Greg Jackson you know, because obviously, you know, with him <laughs> training. But then I think Greg Jackson, I think when when he was training John Jones, he must have just thought, this is a piece of piss for me. Because if you look at John yeah. Jones, his whole family are athletes, aren't they? And they oh, are, no. I think yeah. it comes to genetics with them as well. Because, I mean, what is his brother? His brother's... Um, they're, the NFL. they're football players, NFL yeah. football players. NFL, yeah. American Haven't football Haven't they popped for steroids as well? They were, they were, they were drug cheats as well. Do you know what's really interesting, right? Because if you go back to the days of Pride and you see these absolute monsters walking to the ring and you think to yourself, surely they can't have had drug testing in Pride. <laughs> because, I it's mean, okay you know, I when know. everyone's on the same playing field, though, isn't it? It's when... It's when You've got USADA keeping most people clean and then there's somebody off yeah, the on steroids. You know what's interesting as well? Um, obviously, Alistair Overeem uh, fought last night. And uh, I've got to say, I thought he was beat at the beginning. Yeah. At the first round, yeah. I thought he was taking, you know, he, he hit him. But Dan Magliata, right, I like him as a ref. He's very um, he's very on it. And he, he knew, I mean, Overeem's experienced. He's been doing it a long time. And he knows when Overeem's going to go. And he could see that he was intelligently defending himself. But then yeah. the comeback that he made. But anyway, the point I'm getting at is a friend of mine told me this story. And whether it's legit or not, I don't know. Seems we're on the uh, subject of drugs. Um, and Alistair Overeem. <laughs> um, <laughs> Robbie Brown, by the way, he's, he's going to be an up-and-coming MMA fighter. He's, he's doing really well at the minute, actually. Um, and he's going to be, uh, you know, he's a great, he's a great lad. And he, he told me the story and he basically said, apparently, Alistair Overeem was injecting cows with steroids and then eating the meat of the cows. <laughs> Is this true? I don't know. I think they would still get caught for that, but to be fair. Because when yeah, it's that's weird. Yeah. 
But at least you could blame it on that, though. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, but I, I had a steak earlier on. I haven't touched steroids. <laughs> but I'm sure there was a big thing about that years ago in Holland. About the... Yeah, it was Mexican, wasn't it? No, but yeah. in Holland as well, there was, it's, I'm sure it was a few football players get caught with that beating me. And it, it, oh, really? it was, must have been about 20 years ago or something, but. I mean, but I don't they, know they, they were sharing the same cow. Uh, yeah, can you imagine? Yeah, the, the cow lasts for six months or something. Do you know what I mean? Right, we'll do this one now, you know. But um, it does make me wonder, um, you know, how people can get away with it. Because I do look at some fighters' physiques and I'm going, come on, mate, you're jacked. You know? Joel at 42. Joel Romero. I mean, God, he's a beast, man, isn't he? Oh, it's... we should have done an impression of him. So Chris Emanuel did it last week, remember? Chris done it last week before he sang his song. I love you, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I listened to him again. But he's from, where's he from? Is he from Ecuador or something like that? Cuba. Cuba. Cuba, that's where he's from. But, I mean, the man's a machine. And it makes you wonder, you think, you know, because obviously you, you Sada, are going through all these... Te- I mean, I remember listening to an interview with Ken Shamrock and he basically said, sorry, I'm like, Ken Shamrock is like my hero, by the way, (laughs) if you're wondering. (laughs) I watched him like UFC from when he was in UFC one. And then obviously I watched all these punk races and, you know, because when I first got into MMA, I was, uh, I was sat watching this documentary and it was tonight with Trevor McDonald. Remember that? (laughs) Right. And they were like, uh, we need to ban extreme fighting. So, and, and it was, and I remember the video, it was, because now I know it was Keith Hackney against Emmanuel Yarbrough from UFC 3, and he knocked, he dropped him, and Trevor McDonald's has gone, we need we need to ban this, and I'm going, don't ban it, this is brilliant, <laughs> like, I want to see this, you know, so then I remember I was out in, uh, I was in my town centre, and I was in this place called the Entertainment Zone, which was like used to sell all the, you know, UFC, well, basically videos, wrestling videos, because I, I love me wrestling as well. And um, anyway, I saw it was UFC 3, Ultimate Fighting Championship. That's where I knew it as then. Uh, Ultimate, Champion, Ultimate Fighting Championship 3, the champion, Hoist Gracie, the challenger, Ken Shamrock. And I'm going, well, I know Ken Shamrock from the wrestling, and I know that he's a badass anyway. Um, he's the most dangerous man in the world the world's most dangerous man yeah so I was like oh my god I need to get this and I saved my paper round money up to buy that and I watched that and obviously Ice Gracie got um, he he was injured when he fought Kimo so he couldn't go to the next round and then Ken Shamrock won his two fights to get to the final but he couldn't obviously apparently had an injury but then I watched the fest the UFC 1, UFC 2 and then it just, I just fell in love with it, you know. But I mean, the rules back then were just scary, weren't they? Yeah. yeah some of them. Aye. Is there any of those you'd like to bring back? What you would like to bring back? I mean, Mark Coleman. No, are there was... any? Sorry. Are there any of those rules that you'd like to bring back? Not really, no. I mean, even Gerard Gordeaux <laughs> in UFC One broke the rules when there was no rules. That's how, <laughs> that's how fucked up it was, right? Because um, he bit Hoist Gracie, didn't he, in the final? Yeah. Um, so there was no biting, no eye gouging, and no fish hooking, and that's all, all there was. And I've got to say, right, I'm glad they've obviously put it into weight classes and everything like that, because can you imagine? Because back then, you know, grapplers were basically, you know, they were onto a winner. Because if you're fighting, unless they caught you with a good punch or a good kick, 
or a knee or an elbow, you, you were knackered really. But you know, if you got and took them down, and you know, battling yeah. and they're you're onto a winner. Whereas now, everybody soccer kicks to the head. Yes, I mean, <laughs> I, Vandalia Silver. You know, there's some bloke and he's on the floor like this. You clearly know he's done. And Vandalia's just going bang, bang, just waiting for the ref to just drag him off. And I'm just going, this is just incredible, you know. Um, but rules and they wise, had to wear shoes back then. Yeah. Yeah, they had shoes on. I mean, what about when Pete Williams knocked out <laughs> Mark Coleman with that round kick? And he's got wrestling boots on. And I'm going, mate, you might as well put a pair of Doc Martens on before you go in the cage. You know what I mean? Who's the guy who came in with one glove, one boxing glove? Yeah. I don't understand that one boxing glove. Yeah. I mean, but it's funny because, like I say, I love me wrestling as well. And I watched a documentary on, um, it was the Brawl for All. Remember they done the Brawl for All at the WWF? Yeah. Well, no one really knew what the rules were, but you could do what you want. And I think it was mainly just boxing. And even Dan Seven fought in that, and he'd done the first round, and he was just like, fuck this. This could ruin my career. It could ruin my <laughs> reputation. Because they take them down, and the ref is like, oh, we'll get back up then. And they're going, well, I've took him down. Shouldn't I be, like, trying to go for a submission? What are the rules here? Is it, like, you know, no holds barred? Yeah. Just boxing? I, you know, it was really. I tell you, one of the weirdest matches I ever seen was, and this is well before MMA. Was remember when Antonio Inoki fought Muhammad Ali? I've seen Did the clip. Yeah, the picture. I've seen that. the Japanese. Yeah, that was mental. It was just like, what's going on here? Because Antonio Inoki just kept going on his back and kicking Muhammad Ali in the legs, and I'm going. Antonio Inoki like could easily shoot on someone. He was a legit wrestler. Yeah. You know. And I was like, you could have just took him down and armbarred him like Billy Gunn. Yes, Billy, Bark Gunn, sorry. Yeah, Bark yeah. Gunn was brawl for all. Uh, yeah, but that was, uh, yeah. But that's the reason I got into MMA, really. Um, but yeah, where I'm so getting... When did you start training, Danny? Sorry? When did you start training? Well, I started doing judo when I was about 13, 14. And then I got into... Um, then someone said to us, oh, there's, there's an MMA class, which is John Dawson, who I'll give a shout-out to. Yeah. And I started training with him, and he got me doing a couple of kickboxing tournaments and this, that, and the other, and, I, and that was fun. But I do remember the first day I went to the gym, and it was like, it was downstairs, and it was like a pit. Do you know what I mean? It was like scary shit when you walked in there. And I told John, I was like, oh, yeah, I do judo. You know what I mean? Thinking that. Oh, I know grappling, so if anyone does kickboxing here, I'll just take them down. But I was like an orange belt or something, you know. And uh, <laughs> anyway, I went in, and there's in the very good friends of mine now, Ricky and Marty Mackay. They were like, "All right, okay, let's grapple." I was like, "Oh yeah, nice one." And they choked me. They, I had my gi on as well, thinking I was Hoist Gracie. They were pulling the gi <laughs> over my head, literally. Like I looked like Cartman from South Park. Do you know what I mean? Like. <laughs> My beer was over my head like this. Do you know what I mean? And they were just choking me, just dragging me around the gym. And I'm going. And anyway, I had that session with them and I was like, I've got a lot of learning here, haven't I, lads? They were like, yeah. <laughs> and then and then John said to me, like, he says, he said, Well, do you know how I learn? Because I mean, John's a fifth degree in Taekwondo. And he um he said he was, you know, he was doing all of his spin kicks and that. And he and he got to meet this jujitsu guy. And he took him down, swept him, armbarred him, all this stuff. And um, and he just said that I had to learn very quickly. And I learned a lot through training with them guys. They used to beat me up a lot, but I sort of learned. 
Um, and I was doing judo as well. I'd done karate, but I didn't do that for a long time because I just wasn't getting to reality with it. I was thinking, well, how is this yeah. going to help me in a, you know, real situation? But, but I was training at John's. And then I was training in Stockton, which is up the road from where I live. I was going to that MMA gym. Um, and I was do, obviously doing judo and, and doing all that. And then I'd done a couple of competitions. I'd done a – it sounds really good. Um, it was the uh, British Championships for jiu-jitsu. Yeah. But my category had three people in it. And I got a silver medal. <laughs> so I beat the first guy. Well, that's, that's better than I've ever done in a jiu-jitsu competition. I've got yeah, silver, but, but only when there have yeah, been two come people on, in the division. Now, all the guys now. I mean, everyone's so skillful, aren't they? But not many people yeah. were doing jiu-jitsu then, you know. So yeah. you look at it now and I'd turn up now. They're just bloody, you know, they just absolutely schooled me. Because I, I train now, now and again. And... um the, the guys are training for fights and stuff. And I think now it's the fitness because I'll train like once every other month. But I, I suppose now I'm more of a geek to it. I'm I'm yeah. like I'm like this like psychotic super fan of it now, as opposed to you know turning up at the gym and wanting to be good at it. Now, funnily enough, because I don't compete anymore, well, I was never really uh, at a high level anyway. Um, but I had an amateur fight and I lost that on split decision, and then I lost to a guy called Dave Metcalf. It was it would add I think he'd had nine fights and he'd won nine, but my coach didn't know and he just shot me in with them. And I, I remember like the only thing I had against him was a right hand. And I thought if this doesn't hit him, I'm fucked. And it didn't. And he just took me down and he literally elbowed me in the face about six times and the ref had to stop it. Um Was it a pro fight? Well, yeah, but it wasn't commissioned. It wasn't like uh it was my gym basically got a venue and they were like, Oh, we've got some fights coming up. And it was literally like, you know, and I've so, so I didn't know anything about this lad. And and at the time I thought I was doing well. I was going, oh, you know, I'm fucking my leg kicks are good. I was hitting the bag and thought I was rocky, you know. And I and I and I'd, you know, just lost a split decision against a 22 year. I mean, I was 16 at the time. I mean, is that like legal? Are you allowed to fight when you're 16? Is, I mean, you're allowed to fight amateur rules, but like, yeah, it definitely doesn't involve I mean, elbows. I mean, if someone elbows you in the face, like you know, six times. I don't think it's amateur rules. <laughs> no, I definitely don't think that IMAF will be introducing that in the next tournament <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but you know what? It learned me a lot through doing that because I've got so much respect for MMA fighters. I just think they are the best athletes in the world. Not only are yeah. they just well conditioned, but they're just um you know the skillful the fitness just there's so many things there's so many boxes to tick in order to be good at mma and my hat just goes off to anybody who makes a living doing it you know but i remember yeah. i did i mean john done a show once um it was upstairs at the gym and um i fought this lad i was 15 actually and uh, it was the best of three submissions I mean, how long ago was, you know, I mean, that was Pancrase. They used to do that on Pancrase, didn't they? Yeah. It was, and, and do you know what I loved about Pancrase as well is he, if you held the ropes, you could get out of a submission, which I thought was <laughs> But I'd done there anyway. And one of the submissions I won by was a neck crank. And obviously that's not allowed now. Mm. You know, there's so many rules in it now. Um, but no, like I say, I love it. And, and and you know, I really support my mates who are trying to get there. Like Robbie Brown, I'll really push him. Because one thing he's got that I've never had was the gameness of it all. You know, I've, yeah. I've never been a born fighter. Was I'll he uh, fighting up on top in February? Up in Paisley? Sorry? 
Was he fighting up here in February, I think? He fought up here on top in Glasgow. Who, Robbie? Yeah. I'm sure we interviewed him at the end after his fight. Did you? I but think you know, so, yeah. All I remember is Robbie Brown's last fight. Is um, This is quite a funny story, this. He, um, he was getting ready and um, he was in the wrong place. And obviously, he's, he's not got a stitch on. He, he thought it was a changing what, room. the wrong venue? No, no, no. He was in the wrong changing Like, you're wrong. Oh. Obviously, you know, <laughs> things are, like, curtained off to, for fighters to get yeah, changed. Yeah, venues. So, he's took his stuff off, and he's completely naked, but obviously getting into his other stuff. And a load of these girls saw him, and he's, you know, he's a very lucky <laughs> man in that respect. Um, and the girls saw that. And apparently, so the guy who interviewed him says, oh, apparently you've got a big cock, mate. He's like, That's it. Yeah, yeah, he was, that was him, yeah. Talk about me winning me fight, mate. Come on. You know. That sounds hey, that, like that's the guy. Remember? Did we, oh, no, was, yeah. Yeah, was there. He had a big, massive cup. That's how I remember him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Aye, that's the one, aye. Aye, he was yeah. up here in February, was it? On top. Yeah, aye. he's a lovely lad, Robbie. We've become aye, really good a, friends. It was funny, yeah. Aye. Yeah. Yeah, he's, that's he's a exactly great guy. the kind of hard-hitting journalism I would expect from us. So, <laughs> well, there you go, there you go. Because I, I, I couldn't care. I texted him before coming here, and I said, oh, so I'll give you a mention because obviously he's a he's a mate, and, I, and I'm a fan of what he does, and I respect what he does because of the fact that it's something that I sort of failed at, really. Um, I, well, I would say it failed because I, he's got a big cock. <laughs> Yeah, he's a big cop. We don't know if he's a big cop. He definitely had a big cop. Doing MMA, so so yeah. I respect that's why I respect him so much because of what he's doing and what he's trying to do. And I know about you know you've got to have so many fights and you know before you can even start earning money and to take all them blows to the head and to to do what they're doing. Well, and, and for example, this week, Danny, we saw like three of the grossest injuries that we've seen for some time. We saw that horrendous shin injury where you could see right down to the bone, Benitez, I think that was on Wednesday. I'm yeah, it was Benitez, I saw that. How that rank was, was that? Oh, it was like someone, right? Do you know what I thought was so funny with that? Is he got, someone might as well have shot him in the leg. That's what it looked, it looked like a bullet wound, didn't it? Yeah. And his coach said, keep kicking. Keep kicking. Like, <laughs> what? Like, how tough do you have to be? I mean, even Thai boxers in Thailand who boot trees for a living probably were going, even I wouldn't kick on this one if me if my coach told me to hey, kick. Meatball. Well, talking of nasty injuries, do you remember Meatball's injury from uh, yeah, UFC I... London last year where she... Fractured her orbital. She was literally, she split her tear duct in half. She was literally crying blood. And and I bet I bet she just stood there as if nothing happened. Like, right, I'm going to go back. The doctor's going to look at me. I mean, I, I dislocated my shoulder um, six weeks ago training. And because I don't train very often. And um, I, I was doing quite well, actually. I got a couple of takedowns with the lad. And anyway, he had me in, a, he got his, got his underhooks in. He had me in a belly to belly. And I was like, shit, the only way I'm going to get you here is if I put me in here. And I was a bit heavier than him. And, and, and then he spun round. And as he spun round, the elbow went into the mat. And my shoulder just went pop. And I screamed like a bitch. <laughs> I screamed like a bitch. And then I watch UFC fighters and it happens to them. They're just like, 
yeah, my arm's hanging off. Do you want me to stand here for the announcement over who's won? You know what I mean? He's me going, <laughs> like a fanny, you know. So that's probably the reason I could never have done it. I was never a sort of, I think it's in you, isn't it, to fight? Yeah. You know? I got a splinter once and I cried all night. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mate, splinters and paper cuts. There's nothing worse, you know. Yeah, I got one right under my nail. Uh, Danny, did you say you were training in a place called Stockton or something? That we said earlier on. No, no, no. I used to train in Stockton um, with a guy called. He was just known as Bram, the guy when I used to train there, and he was a bouncer. But he was, you know, he was. Uh, he used to. I tell you, he used to train with him, uh, Speedy Elliot. I don't know whether you know him. I trained with him a couple of times. He was. He was a really nice guy. He had good jujitsu, and his son was shit out. His son was about eleven, and his son used to roll with guys, you know. But my main gym I train at is Close Combat Arena in Hartlepool um, when I can. So why do you ask Is Hartlepool where you're from, no, Danny? I think Pierre was trying to lead you into something there. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't say after tenants, Pierre. After tenants, Pierre. You've ruined it now. Yeah, man. Talking about it. I can tell right? You can see Peter looking at his notes. Peter's got his notes there and he's looking at him trying to read this out. <laughs> yeah, he's a fucking up, man. He's a tremendous. Yeah, Fuck it. <laughs> I love that. That's brilliant. Peter, I'll show us that again. We'll get on the full screen. Show us your glove. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I only got one finger. I've got splintered another four. Maybe get amputated. <laughs> Nate Diaz is just you got to love the Diaz brothers, haven't you? Like, you know, they're, talk about, they're just legends, and not only that, right? You just see them going towards fighters and they just they're throwing punches, and you're going, they look like they don't really have any effect. But I mean, that when they get hit with them, I can imagine when, when you know, if you get hit with one of them, I can imagine it was very painful, but they just make it look so simple, don't they? When they use their punches, yeah. you know. And he's like, and then you hear him talk after fights, and he's just like, I'm a threat, motherfucker. Like, you know, someone try to fuck me up, I fuck you up, man. Like, I'm a stuck and shit. I'll just fuck you up and stuck and slap, you know? And like, my brother, like, me and my brother fought all lives and shit. So, Connor, you've worked hard, fucking, you've worked, you, you've done, you've earned everything I've worked hard for, motherfucker. So, you know, like, uh, Fucking shut your fucking mouth, mate, yeah? Shut your fucking mouth. Get up there with my brother's mouth. We'll fight in a fucking bar, yeah? I'll fight you fucking anywhere, motherfucker. But, yeah. <laughs> mate is great. I just love him. Do you know what I met, actually? I met Anthony um, Pettis in when I was in New York. Yeah. And I was like an excited child. I was like a proper excited kid. I remember he, um, it was at the uh, Hard Rock Cafe and I'm having a drink with my missus and he's walked in and I went, I'm sure that's Anthony Pettis. And Amy's going, well, go and talk to him then. Like my missus is from Essex. Go and talk to him then. I went. I thought that was an impression of me. <laughs> Where are you from, Katie? Essex. Where about in Essex? <laughs> I'm in Billericay. Billericay, well, my in-laws live in Southminster, which is yeah, about 20 minutes far. from you, not far yeah. at all, but they were brought up in Dagenham, so... Oh, that's where my husband's from. 
yeah, so she can fight, basically. That's all I'm saying. Like, <laughs> I, got, I got told you don't say the the third syllable, like the second syllable in Dagenham is Dagnum. Dagnum. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Um, yeah, but my missus, you know, uh, she she's from Dagenham, but her family live in Southminster now. But um, yeah, it's. Um, I, I was living there with her for a bit actually, and. Um, all I can say is I'm sort of glad I knew a few MMA moves just in case when I was going to the <laughs> late at night, you know. Um, but no, Southminster's really nice. And obviously, Bill Rick is lovely. I mean, like, yeah, one nice. of my comedy heroes lives there, Lee Evans. That's it. I didn't know he lived here. Yeah. it's Because my, um, my father-in-law, well, he's not my father-in-law yet because we're not officially married yet. Um, he, uh, he, like... Love, was, you, love you too, Anthony. <laughs> All right, Anthony, cheers, mate. He, he looks like a badass, doesn't he? He is He's a badass. That's why yeah. I said I love you and no fuck you. Yeah. 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 That's just yeah. pretty boy. Somebody up. Pretty boy. He was supposed to fight in Cage Warriors, but obviously it got cancelled. So shout out Anthony? to Anthony. I He's American. Meant... Um, yeah, but I was he, that he that was going to be fighting at Cage Warriors Birmingham. Yeah, because I was meant to be at that show actually. Because um, my uh, friend, like Robbie's, uh, a couple of lads who train at Robbie's gym were meant to be fighting at that show. Um, it was it was in March, was it? Yeah. Oh, no, that show yeah. actually happened. I, I, April. Yeah, sorry. That was the London one. He's coming back in October. He's coming back in October. I look out for you, Anthony, mate. I look out for you. That's yeah. it, in Birmingham. Ah, right. Sorry, the Birmingham one. I was going to yeah. go to the O2, but uh, no, I'll, I'll look out for Anthony. Um, I think we need to remind him it's still not Dana White, just in case he thinks you're <laughs> <laughs> Dana White on the show. But um, yeah, what was, I, what was I getting at then? We Anthony Pettis. Anthony Pettis. Yes, yeah. Anthony Pettis, right. So anyway, he was in this bar in New York and, and I was like, oh my God, I was just so nervous. I knocked my cocktail back because Amy was like, Danny, you've met like loads of famous people. Like you've had banter with Billy Conley. You've met Billy Conley and had banter with Billy Conley and he's your hero. Do you know what I mean? And you're nervous yeah. about meeting this guy. I'm like, yeah, because I have so much respect for MMA fighters and what they do. Um, and anyway, he was there and he was with his missus. And I went up to him and I says, excuse me. I said, are you Anthony Pettis? He went, yeah. I said, I thought you were. I said, listen, I said, I'm so sorry to bother you because you probably hear it all the time. I said, but would it be possible to get a photograph? And he looked at me and he was like, yeah, no problem. And um, I went to shake his hand and then he went like that. And I went, I just want to shake your hand, mate. I don't want to fist you. Do you know what I mean? And, and luckily, luckily he took it as a joke. So can you imagine if that had backfired? Um <laughs> Anyway, I got a photo with him, and uh, he was just a really, really nice guy, and I was delighted about that, you know. So there's not really many top-end guys who I've I've really met. However, Tony Ferguson follows me on Twitter, which I was delighted about. No way. Yeah. That's amazing. I was like, how, how would he know about me? Because I don't really do many MMA people. Well, I don't publicise them, you know. Um, but Oh, my God. Know. That's like bucket list stuff. Yeah. Oh, well, no, I've got some TV, TV bitches following me on Twitter. That's all right. Sorry? Who? T no, no, that fantasy TV bitches. That was all following me on Twitter. Aye. 
because you follow them. <laughs> but Danny, yeah. Danny, have you seen that video with Anthony Pettis with his brother Sergio where they do the spinning back kick to knock the can off the head? Have you seen that one? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so Sergio kicks the can off Anthony's head. And when Anthony does it, he kicks him in the balls. Yeah, I saw that one. Yeah, oh. yeah. Yeah, that's the thing, you know, like with, um, firstly, if you're a fighter, and secondly, firstly, the brothers, sorry, you know, you, go, you you fight every Saturday night when you go and stay at your grandma's house, you know, because that's what you do, don't you? Brothers, yeah. cousins, fucking Royal Rumble, isn't it, when you stay at your nana's house on a, on a weekend <laughs> when you're a kid? So that's what they'll have been brought up with. So, you know, for them to do that on each other, that's just brilliant. And yeah, they just yeah. seem like you know they come across as like really nice guys, but um, yeah, yeah. So going back to Tony Ferguson, Danny, what did you think of his fight against Gaethje? I think the man is um, not human, if I'm honest with you, yeah. because he's like the Terminator. Oh, you know what? You know when you watch someone take a punch, like even if someone goes to you when you're out, they'll do that again. You go like you'll flinch a little bit or you'll move back. Tony Ferguson was just like. Dude. Like he was eating them, like he like Burger King burgers or something. You know what I mean? They were just like, I yeah. just don't know how he was taking those punches and not showing any affection in his face. You know, it was really yeah. scary. And I actually had Tony to win that fight. Um, because not only is he, well, not only is he unpredictable, he's really effective from his back. Um, yeah. So that's why I just thought, you know, he's, he's definitely got this. But Gaethje, wow, just what a performance he, he put on. It was really, really frighteningly good. And, and I think he yeah. surprised a lot of people, probably especially Conor McGregor, because McGregor be did McGregor beat him? Or was it Dustin Poirier? Well, Dustin no, Poirier. Yeah, Dustin yeah. Poirier, yeah. Yeah, he hasn't yeah, yeah but, a lot uh, of people put it down to Tony's coaching. He's coached by Eddie Bravo, and he got some bad advice between rounds or good boxing and stuff. Did you? I think, did you see Eddie on um, Joe Rogan today, though, Peter? It was so interesting. He was he was saying exactly what happened and why he gave that coaching advice and stuff. And basically, he said I was never supposed to be like the head coach or anything like that. I was there for moral support, emotional support. Like the first round, I thought it was close. I said, "Yeah, you you're looking great." And then he said, his striking coach then said to it, or his head coach said to him, "Like go in to the the cage." And he was never supposed to do that. And he said, he's he also had his glasses stolen from his from his car the week before. So it was only when he got in the cage that he saw how cut up Tony's face was, and he thought, "This this isn't my place to be giving you advice." And I don't actually know what to tell you right now and part of me is thinking if i tell you to go for a takedown and you eat a knee like that's going to be even worse and that's where he just said um mnari roll and he was like i just he goes i just melted i i should never have been i should never have been in that position i'm not a head coach it did sound like he shouldn't have been in that position to be fair i mean to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <I did. laughs> yeah no, i know i know I mean, if I was ever in a fight and I had Eddie Bravo telling me what to do, I'd probably feel a lot safer than I'd normally would, if I'm honest with you. I mean, the man's a fucking <laughs> genius, isn't he, with jiu-jitsu. So, um, 
But, uh, but I guess yeah, he I mean, was there in case it went to the ground, but it was unlikely to go to the ground in, in that particular fight. I didn't this, think at any stage Justin would use his wrestling. No. I mean, these are two guys who like to bang, but, I mean, you know, with Ferguson, I think it, he's he's difficult to just get your, um, you know, your standard boxing techniques in there, which is basically what Gaethje was doing, but it was just so sharp and so effective the way he did it. Because I think, yeah. you know, Ferguson is, is just so awkward to fight against. It's like John Jones, I suppose, as well, you know. And the way he done it was just beautiful. It was just great to watch, you know. Yeah. What do you think was, of Justin versus Khabib? Okay. Justin versus Khabib? Yeah, I think Tony Ferguson versus Khabib would still... I think Ferguson's still got a better chance of beating Khabib than Justin. Do you know what? I, I thought that. Do you know it's funny, right? Because I was watching Joe Rogan. Well, listen, we all love Joe Rogan. He's just a legend, yeah. isn't he? Um, you know, I love it when Joe gets like, uh, what's his name? Joey Diaz on his show. Yeah. And it, Joey Diaz has always got some shocking story about his, <laughs> his drug use years ago or something like that. And Joe Rogan always like just does this. The way he says fuck. He lengthens his word when he says, like, he goes, fuck, like that. Every time someone tells him a shocking story. But, yeah, I love Joe Rogan. And Joe Rogan basically said um, that, um, you know, with MMA, the beauty of MMA is I could beat you. Uh, he could, what, what does he say? He said, I could beat you. You could beat him. But he could beat me. And, and that's yeah. the scenario with Tony Ferguson and, and Gaethje yeah. and Khabib because I think Khabib would have a better chance against Gaethje I think because yeah. I think Gaethje would have to would have to fight off his back because yeah. you know what Khabib's going to do but there seems to be nothing you can do about it. Oh, you can't stop him. Yeah. yeah. But with regards to Tony Ferguson can be so effective off his back I mean I reckon he would probably cut Khabib with a few cutting elbows you know because yeah. he's a guy who can fight really well from his back so I think you know you, you're right. What you're saying, I definitely think Ferguson would have a better chance against Khabib. Sorry, against Khabib than what uh, Gaethje would. Yeah. You know. But you're ready that things up there, <laughs> Sorry. I think Khabib just walks through them all. I used to think what you said before. I thought Khabib beats Connor, Connor beats Tony. And Tony beats Khabib like a just a vicious circle. But that's I, yeah. last fight, that's I, I just think Khabib. I just think he'd be boxed through a lot of them. Uh, I think he does. Yeah. It's just a freak of nature, man. Yeah. I thought, I think somebody's going to lose it at some point. Somebody's going to come through, but I just can't see anybody. Else. That's the thing where before that happens. Do you know why? Yeah, somebody will beat him. You saw it with Matt Hughes, didn't you? Matt Hughes was just walking through everyone. He was a wrestler. He was lifting people up. He was slamming them. And then all of a sudden, I mean, who was it? Who was at the beat? I think well, Matt Sarah got him, didn't he? He got him with a chalk. GSP. The GS, GSP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Michael, you are intoxicated. Oh yeah, that was the was the Michael Bisping press conference that he said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was great. But speaking of speaking of you know um, stoppages and all that stuff and uh, I mean the, the, the uh, Smith fight with um, uh, what's his name? Tashera. Uh, yeah. Glover. 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 
Glover Teixeira, yeah, I mean, how do you pronounce his name? Is it Teixeira or Teixeira? Teixeira, Teixeira, yeah. I mean, I thought Smith had him at the beginning. Yeah. He was picking him off like he was yeah. fighting an amateur. He was just not... And I was going, I've never seen Teixeira in this position where he's, you know, you could see he was really struggling to find his reach, wasn't he? And then he was, like you said in the interview, after he was using his head movements and everything like that, and eventually, you know, he, he got in. Um, I mean, them uppercuts were just brutal, weren't they? Yeah, Absolutely yeah. Brutal. And then, my teeth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he said that at the end of the fourth round, didn't he? Being, he said that, yeah. He said that his teeth falling out, and then the compound kind of hinting, maybe they should have, yeah. the corner should have stopped it, but. Well, well, that there's was the been debate, a few fights it? in, yeah, a few fights in the last week where arguably the corner could have or should have thrown in the towel, and that was another then thing they were talking to Eddie Bravo about on oh, yeah. should they have thrown in the towel for Tony? Yeah, and then you've got Bruce who said his fight was stopped early. Remember? It goes yeah, but you see, I thought I thought that was an early stoppage with Cruiser. From honest with you, did you? Yeah, I did. I I feel like you can argue it either way. You I can. thought last night's was a bit late as well, the main event. Which one? Overeem versus event. Harris. I think they could yeah. have stopped that earlier as well. You know what's funny I, well, about that? Dan, Dan, Danny, you said earlier on that Dan was a good referee and you said he let it go on. I think the referee was in the wrong position. He was behind it and not the side on. If he was side on, I reckon he would have stopped the fight and, and Harris would have won it. I think he was yeah, in the wrong position. I mean, I think because Overeem is so experienced and he's seen him in that position before. I mean, I think this is the relationship the referees have with fighters. They see, you know, their experience and they see what positions they've been in and, you know, how they've managed to battle through them situations. So I think Dan Magliata knew that. And then when it comes to the, um, obviously, when roles were reversed, and of, I think what it was, Overeem was just on top of him and he was laid on his front and he was just reeling punches down. And, I mean, God, this is a man who eats roided up cows. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? If a man who was eating roided up cows... Sorry, if a man who was eating roided up cows body shot at me, I would be crying and I would go home. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. it's, it, 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 was a, it was a sort of one of them. But I think he was finished, if I'm honest with you. I think he was finished. And, and obviously, he managed to, to carry on and battle through it, you know. But um, going back to the Anthony Smith fight, I think it, it was definitely the, the corner man. Because I thought that ref was really good. There was a few times when the fight was happening and I thought, is he going to stop this? I was questioning whether he was going to stop it. Because there's a massive thing, isn't there, about the safety of fighters now. Because yeah. obviously, I was thinking about, you know, later on in life with the head injuries and everything like that. Um but I thought the, the ref done done right to let it go. But I do think, I think it must have been after the third round, you could see Smith's corner were thinking, you could see they were indecisive about it. Do you think that it's corners easy to are, are well, scared of falling out with the fighters? Like, and, you know, like, for example, Deontay Wilder, like, who threw in the towel there? They're sacked. They're never working with me again. Do you think... Yeah, do you think corners are, Peter, do you think corners are scared of what the fighter is going to say to them afterwards? I, I don't think they are. I think they do what's right for the, the fighter. If they know they well should do the that, yeah. 
Yeah, the Wilder one, I think it's just an excuse. It's just looking for an, some kind of yeah. excuse to make it look like it was. He didn't. He didn't and also, fairly, yeah, and also as well, I think you know fighters can get on a winning streak, and their corner guys can 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 get really above the station about it. I mean, the prime example of that was Ronda Rousey striking. Oh, um, Edmund. Yeah. Edmund. She boxed Mayweather. I'm going, what? McGregor couldn't box Mayweather. Do you know what I mean? It's a different game. Yeah. Shut up. You know. Um, but it was, yeah. And and I think what happens is sometimes it can get in fighters' heads. Yeah. Indeed, like, that's that's <laughs> Overeem's <laughs> case. We, we have a Chinese. That's Overeem's takeaway. You know. <laughs> There Look at that. <laughs> I reckon Khabib would be able to quadruple leg take down that cow as well. Yeah, yeah why not? Mm. So, so should we, we've been on for an hour and eight minutes. Should we um should we do a few more impressions before we go? Or can we do the bonus one? No, we're on Boris, oh. Right? That, oh, yeah. I am not on Boris. Will you teach us, Danny, before we yeah. get let loose? What I generally find uh, with, with, with Boris is, is, is the fact, is the fact uh, that he what he will do when somebody asks him a question, he will repeat their name. So, for example, if we were in a press conference right now and and, and Noxy asked me a question, what he would say before he answered the question would be, uh, well, 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 thank you so much uh, for, for, for your question. Uh, not so, so, so I think that is the hook to get into Boris. And, and this is what uh, we can do in order for you to do the impression of Boris. So, so, so if we can say uh, thank you so much uh, for that question. Noxy, um, that is the that is the word that we are going to say uh, when you are going to do the impression. So off you go. Okay, who's going first? Thank you. You go first. <laughs> go on, go on. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Danny. Thank you, Danny. Yeah. Bolt and Tory will cause your wife to have bigger breasts. Yes, yes, yes. Bigger boobs, bigger boobs. <laughs> and increase your chances of owning a BMW M3. Yes, yes, yes. And of course, you've always been known as a Tory voting cunt. Oh, oh and one more thing. One more thing. Stay alert because you don't know where the virus is. It could be right behind you right now. Thank you, thank you. That was brilliant, man. I love that every no. accent you do is pure Scottish. When you were saying about your wife bigger breasts, right? I've just got visions now of Rishi Sunak coming on telly tomorrow going, because I've given self-employed people so much money. I am now going to make sure that every single person's wife in the country is going to have breast implants. You will love me even more. <laughs> Come on then, let's hear your Boris, Katie. Come on, Katie. Come on. Oh, thank you, Peter. That was a uh, uh, great question. And I feel that we can really move on from here. And we can stay alert and move forward to the next stage. <laughs> okay, that's your best one yet. I'm going to say, Katie. Why don't you give Boris a go? Oh, no, I'm not doing Boris. I'm not doing any. Com who, I'm not doing any. You, I've not been practicing. I've not been practicing. I feel sorry for Danny. I'm going to say, 
I've got to say, Katie, uh, one thing that I'm very, very jealous of is the fact that there is a photo behind you with you and Nate Diaz. And, and it makes me wonder what would happen if Boris <laughs> actually did meet Nate Diaz. And I reckon it would probably go over. Hello, Nate. I, I am I am Boris Johnson. I am the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. I really can get fuck you, man. Fuck you. Fuck you, man. <laughs> I actually feel Amazing. sorry for Danny because Danny's dedicated his whole life to his craft and me, Katie, has mastered it in two hours. I know. Yeah, maybe really <laughs> Like <laughs> MMA fighters are jealous of Francis Ngannou because of his heavy hands and he's just winning all these fights. You know what I mean? I'm jealous of your you two and your expertise of impressions. No, <laughs> <laughs> I had something prepared uh, for you two uh, earlier, so wait to see this. Oh, okay. That's a wee surprise for uh, Katie and Peter. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Can you see it? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is that? That's that bitch, Cal Baskin. <laughs> you don't have to make a fucking fish in the fucking bitch. Tiger King, baby. That's what I wanted uh, Danny to do there. Uh, no, I've done a sketch on him. I done a sketch on uh, I done a sketch on basically what it was, right? Conor McGregor rings up um <laughs> rings up Joe Exotic when he's in jail, right? And he's like, hello? Hello, Joe, it's Conor McGregor. I'm just ringing up because I'm trying to start off my uh, my own fighting championships and it's called the um it's called the uh I couldn't remember the name of the but anyway, basically the sketch was he rings him up and says that he wants him to fight Carol Baskin. I'll definitely fight Carol Baskin, fucking bitch. <laughs> well, well, the problem is though, Joe. The problem is uh, because of because of the, the the budget is quite tight, and we got to sell tickets, and we got to fight in prison. You know, um, I think what's going to happen is uh, Carol has got to take all of the fucking money. If that's okay with you, Manny, Carol Baskin, enough, man. Carol Baskin's a fucking bitch, Connor. Uh, but what's going to happen? Though, what's going to happen though is the fact that uh, is the fact that. Uh, you know, because of you, Sada, ruling, uh, we've got to get those involved in prison MMA. And uh, we've got to have, make Carol Baskin have a sex change in order for the fight to happen. And then after the fight, they also need to have another sex change. How does that sound? But it'll be great PR for you, you know? <laughs> Fuck you, Connor, you fucking piece of shit. And then he just puts the phone down. <laughs> I mean, that would be great oh, when you just have Conor McGregor. And, I don't uh, think Mandy knew it was going on there. No, she probably did. Sorry, Mandy. Yeah, Sorry, Mandy. Right, you need to watch Tiger King. Yeah, if you watch Mind Tiger King. Mind you, he's one of those people following me. He's coming to the UFC, but he's come from prison or something. You know. <laughs> Tiger King oh, is yeah. fucked up, isn't it? Go see that. Oh, he's brilliant. That's what it was about, Mandy. Yeah, it's about if you didn't understand what I was doing there, impressions were it's yeah, you need to watch an episode called Tiger King. It is so funny though, like if, if you didn't know who I was doing then, you'd be thinking, is this guy on drugs or something? You know what I mean? Like, what's he doing? I think that was what Mandy was thinking there. Probably, yeah. Like, Why have you got some like weird smacking coming on your show, just doing random voices I've never heard before? <laughs> So, Danny, uh, John who Jones. else do you want to give shout-outs to before we go? Um, 
Nothing much, really. I just, I just want to say, first of all, thank you so much for, for. I think this podcast is fantastic, you know, and it brings the MMA community together. Obviously, it's, it's, it's going through a very difficult time at the minute. Um, and thank you so much for having me on because I'm a huge fan. Um, and yeah, like I say, catch me on, uh, you know, Facebook, Danny Postal Impressionist. Uh, you know, follow me Twitter page uh, at Postal Danny. I'm also on Instagram as well. I don't really use Instagram as much. Because I'm a bit like sort of old school. I'm just like more of a Facebook, Twitter guy, you know. Um, I mean, I've given TikTok a go, but it's just not for me. If I'm honest with you, I'm just. Well, you you're doing like the voices. Too, don't you? The people are never lip syncing the voices. Yeah, it annoys me a little bit because I see people getting loads of views by miming to someone. <laughs> and I'm going, you're doing everything I've worked hard for, motherfucker. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, attend and Nate Diaz when I see them videos, you know. Um, <laughs> but no, listen, I tell you what, they are skillfully done. Some of them are very skillfully done, but I, I, I just, it's just not really for me. But um, like I say, I love Facebook, Twitter. That's where you can mainly catch me on, uh, and, and Instagram occasionally. Um, and I'm doing bits You've and pieces. You've got a YouTube channel? No, well, the YouTube stuff goes through Joke Pit. I do a lot through okay, Joe Pitt. Okay. So that's where you'll see a lot of the sketches. Um, and that's where I've done the Conor McGregor calling up uh, Joe Exotic regarding the, um, <laughs> you know, the, the, the fight with Carol Baskin that he was going to... And, and at the end, sorry, I forgot to mention that at the end of the phone call, Conor puts the phone down. He's like, holy fucking shit. How the hell am I going to make more fucking money than Dana White? You know, because I think you will eventually. You know. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I want to say to everyone that tonight has been live on Facebook and Twitter, um, but you can also follow our YouTube channel. We are MMA UK. Um, we'd love to, to get more subscribers. We're working hard for um, Peter. Anybody you'd like to shout out before we go? Maybe our fabulous sponsor. Yeah, thank you to Fight Fuel for sponsoring us and obviously that competition starts tomorrow. Also, tonight was the first time we went live on Twitter, so we'll have a look at tomorrow how well we've done. i also like to say next week we've got a special show. I hope I've not got this mixed up the week after, but I think we've got Jamie McDonald. Is that right, Kate? That's the one. These two are bad guys. They're big, bad motherfuckers. They've even fought each other once. So the challenge next week, I know they want to down a fight, which we've done before, but they also want to try and break a world record. We're going to try and break the world record for eating the, the most Jaffa cakes in a minute. I think the world record is 17, something like that. Is that right, thank you? Yeah. 17. Live on Facebook and Twitter, we're going to attempt to break a world record. Danny, how many Jaffa cakes can you eat in a minute? Eight in a minute? Yeah. I don't know. At the minute, because my food intake is really high, I reckon I'd probably do quite well. <laughs> well, you tune in next week, Danny, and you you can maybe do it at home, film yourself and send it in if you can beat 17, because that's the world record. 17? 17. It's hard. career. I thought I was all right until I turned up and someone kicked me ass. This is going to be the same with the Jaffa Cake Challenge. I was like, oh, yeah, I've got a nice brain. Do you know what I mean? Then you're telling me seven lane. I'm like, fuck, oh, that's nowhere. <laughs> Frankie, anybody else we should be shouting out or any final comments from you? Just follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube channel, Instagram, MMAUK underscore Insta. There we go. 
that's oh, us. Yeah, I forgot the Instagram. <laughs> Sorry, Kate. Amazing. Yeah. Are <laughs> you were signing off? Yeah, yeah. Danny. Thank you very much. Let's, just, let's sign off as um, Diane Abbott. Okay. What I love is the fact that the show has lasted for uh, one week, 19 days, and 12 <laughs> months. And I had so much fun about the fact that we have Noxie looking at me, still not knowing who Diane Abbott is. But <laughs> and this is where we come from. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, Thanks thank for coming you on, so Danny. much. It's been amazing. Thank you so much. It's been a it's pleasure. Been Frankie Anderson, Peter Knox, Danny Posthill, and goodbye from me, Katie Hunter.